saliva. Gonna hear pieces here. More disease. Such an underrated band. Such a good band. So much good music. They just don't. Uh, they never really got the playtime that they should have got. But, hey, Eb, got wine tonight. That's right. <laughs> wine. Drinking on the show. It's Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. Thank you for tuning in to the Tommy C Show, the resource for patriotic truth and action. The uh, podcast uh, that is enjoying wine tonight. That's right. I sure am. Maybe Wine with Tom will become something at some point in time. Right? Look at the coffee. <laughs> the coffee with Tom one morning, a wine with Tom one night. Maybe the third night I'll be like dead Gibbs with Tom. So I have a dog in here on the show with me. <laughs> I don't think he could sit still long enough. Although, if I had the dog on the show, it'd probably triple the viewers, right? <laughs> Everybody loves a dog. Uh, good evening out there, though. I hope today finds you. Uh, at peace or working towards it. Welcome to another live episode of uh, the Tommy C Show on Riverside FM, episode 141. Um, you know, I looked through the calendar this year, and um, I, I know I'm looking forward to 150 episodes, but uh, it's very likely that uh, could hit episode 200 this year, even uh, if we're going. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be taking a little bit of a break for a while, and I'll get into that more later uh, because I want to focus on some topical stuff uh, for tonight's show, specifically, you know, some of the events around January 6th and what's become this Democrat inquisition against conservatives in order to save their own asses and bury their own dirt, right? But we do need to acknowledge our own bad actors. I've talked about this in previous shows uh, quite a bit online and social media uh, avenues, you know, almost immediately after January 6th and in the weeks and months after. Okay, there's there's so many, everything that we saw that day was an effect. Again, we talk about root cause analysis, you know, which is an intellectual landmark. It ultimately, root cause analysis ultimately defines the evolution of causation to effectuation, right? It's it's critically important in determining what integrities or interventions and processes are needed to prevent similar adverse effects in the future, where similar variables or behaviors can exist. And we have to acknowledge, and I can tell you I acknowledge this, and it's not a place, this goes back to because it's the truth, you may not like it, or because you don't like it doesn't make it untrue. It's an uncomfortable truth that, you know, we're, we're finding out more stories about January 6th, right? Talk about uh, FBI uh, conspiracy. I don't know if it was all conspiracy. It's entrapment, I believe, for sure. Um, if it's proven that, that this happened. So we're finding out all these other things. But still, we have to acknowledge the fact that there were bad actors on the right. Okay, it was Not everybody, not every conservative that walked into the Capitol destroyed anything. They, they still committed a crime. You know, they're, they're, you can't just... And we have to look at this from the other side of things. 
if this had been a full-on Antifa assault of a Republican Congress, you know, if you just flip the roles and all this, we'd be losing our shit. Okay? So from their perspective, you know, you got to get it. But we, we know there's some other actors in here. But, you know, where I'm going is not every conservative that attended this clearly created damage. And not everybody that created damage was necessarily a conservative. There could have been provocateurs in there, and we know there were people in there that are associated um, with the left. Okay, I, I I know that because I've watched those same people in videos all last summer that attended other riots. Okay, in in Portland and Seattle and everywhere else, D.C. We know this is true. But I watched hundreds of hours of video. I read hundreds, maybe thousands of pages of the police reports and the affidavits. And I myself personally went to these social media sites, which were my, I wrote a whole article on this in January, or maybe a couple of weeks after January 6th. Uh, and I went to these social media sites for these individuals, and most of this traffic uh was was on like you know facebook or or twitter or whatnot and you could link to this stuff without having to have an account there um you can still search these websites for certain things it's sometimes limited on what you can do and find but the point being is i can tell you i feel very confident in the amount of research i did which was hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and days um that there were absolutely conservatives who acted like freaking idiots that day and and did damage and did things that they should not have done that day. I've, I've seen them. I've seen the videos of them with their faces. I've matched everything up with articles and social media accounts and whatnot. So we can't deny that. We have to acknowledge that. We Of course, we, we want to go after... You know all these other bad actors too, but we can't. It's it goes back to the old adage. You know, parents say if your friend jumps off a cliff, are you going to jump off a cliff too? No, we're still responsible for our own actions. All right, regardless of somebody is trying to, uh, you know, egg us on. I guess this is a really good Cabernet, by the way. But <laughs> uh, you know it. But we're finding more out. We're finding much more out. And, and I'm going to talk in a little bit on the show about what does this mean, really? What do, we do? what do we do? Because there are things we can do. There is a process to this. And I've done it in, in, in other avenues. And I'm about to get real busy with it um, regarding this January 6th bit. So something happens. I, I didn't kill myself. <laughs> Let me put that out there right now. It's... Uh, you know, I'm about to deep dive into January 6th in, in a lot of ways. And maybe I'll come out with something, maybe I won't. But we all need to. You know, it, it, there were several causes, okay? The, the damage and stuff that happened uh, on... January 6th, and the horrible, tragic death of Ashley Babbitt, that in my eyes was a murder of her. 
She was unarmed. She wasn't posing any threat. She wasn't in a position to attack anybody. There were other officers armed around her at the time. She was not armed herself. It was a murder. And I'm a staunch supporter of law enforcement. But there were a lot of causes, okay? There were groups of high-energy protesters that were determined to make an impression on the legislative branch of our government, right? I mean, that's a group of, that's exactly what, what happened. However, that, that's not a cause, that's an effect, okay? There was an insufficiently protected Capitol building that failed to mitigate and de-escalate an evolving threat. That's not a cause either, it's also an effect, and we're going to get to these. Because each of those effects can have a multitude of causes. I wrote about causation at the Capitol uh, a couple months back, and I'm taking some of my notes here are, are from that article because I think that they're very important. You know, you had a large group of motivated individuals. D.C. was loaded with conservatives. There's no doubt. There was a rally there, okay? So we can't pretend like some of that rally didn't actually participate in this, especially if you spent time online... Uh, in in the the weeks preceding January sixth, there were conservative fringe conservative groups, some of the Q folk and, and, and some of your more uh, extremist ends of the party that were all about all kinds of violence, you know. And and we don't take them serious. And and I don't think that any of that real violence was acted out in a way. But there were people that were calling for it. Okay, and if you were, if you're intellectually honest, and you were on social media at the time, you cannot deny that. Okay, we have to accept that. There are other factors as well, but that was a factor. You had a large group of motivated individuals with explicitly shared values congregating to express, you know, the depths of those values on a defining electoral process. But that, again, was not a cause. It's an effect. This group was compelled by a belief that their voices weren't being legitimately heard, which is also an effect. <laughs> there was a critical lack of communication and planning between relevant agencies prior to the date. That's also an effect, not a cause. There was a critical lack of organization and resources available to sufficiently and efficiently deploy to protect the capital. That's also an effect, not a cause. You know, supporters of President Trump responded to his call to travel to D.C. for the rally on the 6th, but that also is an effect. It's not a cause. People were talking about going to D.C. on January 6th long before Trump ever even said, come to D.C. on the 6th. Long before he announced that, People were talking about going there. And you can go back in social media histories to find all of that. It's tangibly out there. You know, and supporters of Trump remain devout in their loyalty and support of him. And that, that again, is an effect. You know, there was almost a complete media blackout on any coverage of potential violations of election integrity. Right? That was one of the causes that led people to protest so passionately. But that in itself was also an effect, not a cause. And, and supporters of President Trump had, to pract had practically all of their objections to the election heavily censored 
by social media platforms, which again is an effect. It's not a cause. Now, the president and his legal team and several high-profile figures continued to assert the position that there was widespread fraud that took place during the election. That's also an effect, right? It's not a cause. Um, I keep saying this because I, I know the ignorant bitch isn't watching, but Kamala Harris should listen to this about how cause and effect is truly figured out, how causation, you know, the, the root cause analysis actually works. It, the, the capital command and control structure was left without continuity or clear definition from the top. This is not only a result of various federal agencies failing to work together, but also a failure at critical leadership levels of the capital. You know, the implementation of National Guard troops required a declaration of emergency from the Capitol Police Board. And that declaration was requested by the Capitol Police Chief prior to 1-6, but was not approved by the board, who functions under the direction of the Speaker of the House and the, uh, the leader of the Senate, who at the time was Mitch McConnell. Okay? Now, there's, there were so many causes and effects. It's... Using broad brushstroke causes. This is crazy conservatives went in there. Uh, it doesn't work. It's important to consider that cause and effect do not always run parallel to action and consequence. Okay? It's, it's very important to remember that piece. And that's the case with the events of January 6th. While the root cause may not ultimately rest with the perpetrators of that day, their actions on that day have a direct and related consequence on the rest of us. It's it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. And, and, and as all of, you know, I shouldn't say all of, as more information comes out, that's great. As more, the more that gets information that gets out there and gets exposed, the better. And that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit tonight. For uh, uh, before you know, I kind of break for a while. Is is what you can do? Because I always talk. Yeah, you know, I always try to talk about action, right? So what do we do? Where do we start? Where's the action? Well, here's the action to uphold these repugnant, contemptuous motherfuckers accountable. FOIA requests is where it starts, okay? You don't always get what you want, but sometimes that helps to drive other questions about what you what you weren't getting and why. And you can often fill those gaps of things you don't know with those information from other sources. It takes work, though, people. It's, it's time and it's effort, more than money. You don't need money to make any of this happen, or, or very little, and I mean dollars and cents, really, sometimes depending on what you're requesting and how you want that format sent to you. And I'll be doing some very focused requests from a deductive standpoint. I want to see what I can't see. I want to see what's not there. I want to find areas where there's holes and it's not as easy 
for Pelosi, McConnell, and the rest of these people to necessarily bury all of this stuff, okay? Or I want to be able to find things that are concrete and, and then rule things out as dead ends that I, I'm not going to waste energy continuing to go this way on it because it doesn't make sense. It's a surgical process. But guess what? If one or 10 or 100 or even 1,000 people submit the requests, nothing's going to happen. Okay? 75 people, if, I mean, if 75 million people truly voted against this garbage, and even 1 million of them, you know, a, a percent and a half of them start sending FOIA requests, some cages are going to be forced to rattle. When these agencies start seeing millions of requests, not just dozens, that's when it opens up. It has to, these are the tools we're constitutionally afforded. Okay, we we also have to be, like I said, honest with ourselves and acknowledge that there are troops in this, there are truths rather in this that we may not like. You know, not just the media's spin or denial or sensationalism that we take exception to. There is going to be actions of our own, you know, fellow conservatives, if you will, that we don't like. But it doesn't make their actions non-existent. Okay? It's important to acknowledge that and understand that piece. So as you're working to try to find out the other causes, you don't you don't have this overlap necessarily. You aren't denying one cause to believe another cause. They have to believe all of the causes if there are multiple causes. And there are multiple causes. We have to be better than the media and our politicians. I said something very interesting a little bit ago. And that was that the uh, emergency declaration to get National Guard's troop, National Guard's troop, had to be approved by the Capitol Police Board, who didn't approve that. And that request was put forth by the uh, the chief of the Capitol Police. So let me share my screen for a minute. I want to uh, see if I can find something so yeah real quick here so the capitol police board is made up of four individuals okay the capitol police board is made up of the sergeant of arms and doorkeeper of the senate the sergeant in arms of the house of representatives a position that's called the architect of the capitol that i'm going to talk about in a minute and the chief of police for the capitol police so essentially, this Capitol Police law, the, the chief of Capitol Police who says she submitted um, the request, or the the former chief, this is not the not the current one, had said they submitted that. They sit on this board. So it's very weird to me that this four-person board that they are 25% of ignored this plea if it really did happen. Okay, and these, ultimately, these four then, they report to Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell at the time. Now they report to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Okay, but McConnell is heavily, in, <laughs> he has as much responsibility in this as Nancy Pelosi did. Okay, 
we hear a lot about well Pelosi. It's ultimately Pelosi's responsibility. It's a shared responsibility between both chambers of the Congress, both the Senate leader and the Speaker of the House share that responsibility. Because the, Sar- the Senate Sergeant at Arms, uh, he reports to you know the this the, the the leader of the Senate. There's things that are right, and and here's the thing where it gets hard is that the Capitol Police Department are the only law enforcement agency in the country that don't aren't bound by the FOIA laws. The FOIA laws, they don't have to release any information. They're the only law enforcement agency in the country that's accepted from that. Congress's law enforcement are accepted from having to share information. Go figure. Uh, but because FOIA, F-O-I-A, uh, because uh, there's another member on this board, the and he's not the current one, but the this uh, this Brent uh, Blanton, right? He's he's currently the uh, what's called the architect of the Capitol. And all that is is a fancy term for facilities manager, basically of the Capitol facilities, responsible for their operations and upkeep and safety and all of that, which is why. He sits on that board. Well, he's a part of a whole other part of the government that is not accepted from FOIA laws. Okay? The Government Services Administration. So let me share with you how it is that I believe, you know, one of the ways that you can do this. So if you go to um, FOIA online, it's a portal. It's a it's a government website, and this is one of those this is one of those rabbit holes that you can go down and spend hours and hours and days and days looking at this information because you can search past requests, you can you know create requests, but this is where you go. And as an example, so I would go to this website, and I'm going to create a request. If you you know if you don't if you want to do a search you can search first if you're trying to key down on an agency i know the agency i'm looking for so i'm going to go to create a request i'm not going to fill the whole thing on here because i'm not putting all my personal information on the screen but it, it's very easy in this case you know i scroll down and it's the government services administration that's who the architect of the capital is employed by the request type is, is foia and you have all your personal information in here. It talks about fees. You know, there's a thing you can open to understand if there's fees associated with your quest. And then you get 2,000 characters to uh, put uh, your uh, request in. Well, I have plans to put in requests for all kinds of emails and, and, and other things from various points in time. Of not only the previous architect of the Capitol, but also the current one. I want to know what conversations have been happening 
since January 6th and prior to them. Now, the government might shut it down. I might not get what I want. But this is one of those examples where if we bring attention to it and enough people do it, it's the squeaky wheel. It's got to get some attention. I don't think many people realize that that Capitol Police board is not entirely run by the Capitol itself. You've got that GSA position in there as well, which is an entirely different government agency. And it's going to be much easier, especially if you word your requests in a way that, you know, are you want to be specific about what you want, but try to be kind of vague and aloof that you're not obvious about what you're looking for necessarily. You can get creative with these things. Um, but it's got to happen, okay? This is a tool. This is an action item. This is something that you can do, that everybody can do, that everybody should do. And it's the same process for your state and local politics. And if you're unsure of how to do it, you know who, I guarantee you, most of the time will help you? Go down to your county clerk's office or your city clerk's office, okay? These clerks, no matter what their, their political affiliation is, they're probably the most underappreciated and abused government employees there are. These city clerks, they, they deal with the public on everything. And they also have to deal with the political leadership. So they're taking both ends of this shit sandwich. More often than not, they are going to be extremely helpful in guiding you on exactly how to fill one of these forms out. I don't know if they technically can tell you how, but you may find one that uh, they... Uh, they will have no problem giving you hints of how to fill it out, maybe even what you should request. And I can tell you that because as I went through an experience with FOIA requests here on uh, getting information regarding our school board, uh, I talked to a, a clerk within the city that was very helpful and said even if, if you have any trouble figuring out how to request this or what to say, please feel free to reach out and talk to me. So they, you'll get help. But there's also, I mean, there's YouTube videos, there's, there's all kinds of online stuff. You can find this. But you have an obligation then not just to start submitting FOIA requests for items, but to teach somebody else how to do it. And to hold that person accountable and say, all right, I taught you this. You really need to do it, and you need to teach one other person. This is how we're going to extract information out of our government in, in, in a large scale. Because there's so much information, and the government is so big, that one person or ten people or a thousand people or a hundred thousand people requesting information isn't going to cut into page one. Okay, we need, we need millions of Americans to be demanding this information through the proper channels so it's documented. And sooner or later, there's going to be a lot of heat on agencies that deny a request by a million people for a piece of information. It's going to become a story. we got to use these tools. And you know what? I'm proud to sit here on this show and share this with you and talk about it because this, I love... 
you know, other, yeah, like, I love listening to Tucker. I love watching Tucker. He's probably one of the only ones on Fox. Well, I'm not going to get into that whole argument now, but, you know, he's a great guy. He's got great, uh, a great voice, a great audience, and he investigates things thoroughly. But even on his show, on Bongino's show and those, you, you don't, I don't think you get examples of actionable things you can do. You just get a lot of hyperbole. A lot of angry, you know, the, the, the same old crap everybody's ranting and complaining about. I want to give you ideas. I want to give you actionable things you can do that are meaningful so that you can make something of all of this. You can be a part. And these are tools that you can use at every level. You can use them with your school boards. You can use them with your state legislatures. You can use them with your governor. You can use them with your you know, your your county board of supervisors. You can, it does, if it's a, a government agency, it it's fair game for FOIA requests. I didn't drink nearly enough wine on this show here because I got got into talking so much about these FOIA requests. No. But I'm gonna finish up here a little bit tonight. I am gonna pour myself a little bit more. So please stand by. You hear that? That fizzle as it goes through the little aerator. It's the sound of happiness happening right there. <laughs> oh it's spilling. It's a uh it's a Cooper's Hawk Lux and uh, Cooper's Hawk is a, I love it. It's a winery. There's a, there's a lot of them uh, in the Midwest. Um, I think there's some out west too. There's you know in a few areas. It is a uh, just awesome wines, and I've been a member uh, of them for a long time, a number of years, which is nice because I don't really drink all that often. Although this past week I've really been enjoying <laughs> bottles of wine, but. Uh, they got really amazing food, really great wines, and so that's, you know, I figured tonight, fuck it, I'm going to have a glass of wine while I do this show. Maybe two glasses now. And uh, kind of just, you know, I, I got to break a little bit to redistribute my time and my energy and my resources. And I don't know exactly what that looks like right now for timing, but I promise you I will be back. Just as strong, if not stronger. It won't be before this holiday, but uh, you know, I also won't be gone for any substantial time. I'm not gonna be gone for months or anything like that. Maybe, maybe a week or two, uh, maybe three. I don't you know. Just at least a week or two for some preventative maintenance to the equipment, the processes um, that I use, and really the tired mind behind it. I'm exhausted. Uh, it gets, uh, just to be very honest, it gets very exhausting. And I only do it really three days a week, but there's so much in the background that I do with this because I want to provide useful tools. I want to provide information that truly isn't bias. I want us to acknowledge what we can do better as well as go after the bad actors on the other side. And I want us to have tools and items and resources and actionable things that we can use and do and it means something so it's not just a lot of not a lot of yelling so it uh it just my brain is a little bit tired and i want to work on maybe 
some new themes with the show, possibly um, just some uh, different, uh, I don't want to say branding because I, I like where I'm at with the branding, but just a, a different, slightly look, a slightly different look maybe or something. I don't know. Or maybe it'll just look the same. But I need some time to to ponder on this, to noodle on this without necessarily having the pressure of knowing that while I'm thinking of what I want to do, I got to hurry up and get everything ready for a show in two days. Um, you know, I think that it's, uh, I, I want to have a clear head so that I continue to provide information on shows that, that do, um, that, that are helpful for all of you. Right, I want. I want to continue to be something different, and and yeah, it would be great if if, if the show was bigger or more popular. It, it, it's not. Maybe it'll get there. Maybe it won't. I I don't know. Um, but I'm proud of what I do with it. it. It you know, it was a hobby for me. Starting this, my brain is is very inquisitive. Uh, it's very intuitive. Uh, I'm a thinker, and I'm, I, I like to dig into processes. I like to understand how ideas and thoughts and, and things come together, and I love tying our history into that. I love tying our processes into that. Um, so it's a passion for me. It's something I started as a hobby, but it, it, lately I've felt more pressure and stress with it than one would typically feel with something that's a hobby, right? So... It was a sign that, hey, if I want to continue to do this in a way that doesn't come across as tired, that, that's meaningful, it builds, then I'll just acknowledge, you know what, I need some time to clear my headspace on it and think about how I can continue to do this at an even better level and, and also work with some of the technology that I use to get even stronger with that piece and to determine what mediums am I using and are those the right ones. Is Anchor the best place for me to ultimately first load my podcast to where it's distributed everywhere else? Is Riverside FM the right option for the you know the live venue? I like this right now. Um, YouTube has got those capabilities too. You have to have a, a few more subscribers than I have to get to that point. But these are all things that I want to think about. Um, and, and I don't like to have a lot of loose ends <laughs> in my head, you know, with just kind of hanging out there because I tend to forget them and then things just go by the wayside and they don't happen. And, and that, there's no value in that. So uh, I want to be able to uh, fulfill what I say I'm going to do with this show. So that was a long-winded explanation of, of, of what I'm going and, and what I'm doing here. But I really, really appreciate all of you that have shown love to the show and continue to be a friend of the show, uh, a friend to me, it means a lot, you know, and, and please, if you enjoyed this show, I would be grateful if you'd take some time to share it with others, especially a show like this where we talk about a tangible example of, of something you can do uh, and what that looks like. I just think that's it's really really important. When I load this, I you know the the recorded video, I don't know that it will show um, as I was scrolling through that FOIA website. But I've talked about it. You can rewind 
this when you're watching it as a recording to find that information. Um, again, at least uh, the website information and some of the agencies that I mentioned. Uh, but we need to we need to all do it. So you can check out my website, therealtommyc.com, for you know to view my original articles there. To check out the Truth Verified store, that's not going anywhere. Um, I want to get some some new merchandise in there and look to see that I'm leveraging, you know, as much American-made stuff as I can, and that's down to root material too that I want to try to do. It's not possible in all cases, but uh, you know I'm trying, and I want to you know look at what's in there and what you know what more can I put in there. So there's, there's different things I want to do, but that's not going anywhere. The Truth Verified store. Uh, if you, you check it out, please. If you Check out the website to support the show in other ways if you choose. I'm really grateful for every one of you that has shown your support one way or another for the show, whether it's through merchandise or just watching or sharing um, the show, or just if you take the information from it and you use that to feel good about something you're doing in your community or with, with the political process, to me, then that's fulfillment enough, that it meant enough that it's helpful to you. That's what I want to be is helpful, ultimately. Anybody can get in front of a camera or get on a podcast and ramble on and on about anything. And, and oftentimes my shows do. I ramble on about rants or whatnot. I try to keep it informative or funny in, in those cases, but these ones that are very driven on context are so important. So, again, I appreciate that you're all here with me. I hope you have an amazing night. I hope you have an amazing Independence Day. July 4th is not only the birth of our nation, but it's also my pup's birthday. His golden birthday, in fact. Gibbs will turn four on the 4th of July. How cool is that? Independence pup. It, it could not have... <laughs> the planets couldn't have aligned more perfectly for for me to have such an amazing dog and to have uh, you know, Independence Day as his birthday. I just think that's so cool. So We'll get out somewhere isolated for a hike so he can smell nature until his heart is content. Uh, and then uh, I have a giant femur bone from a local small town butcher that Gibbs will undoubtedly feast on all day. I love going. It's an old school butcher uh, here. It's small, and you know when all the COVID stuff was going on, nobody's wearing masks in there, and it's just an awesome, you know, your hometown place where you want to go. Great meats, but they have these giant bones from the butchering that they do. These femurs, from, you know, cattle, pigs, all kinds of stuff. It, it Gibbs just goes wild for them, of course. So, and they're healthy. It's much better than the, the processed crap you get in the grocery store, or the pet stores. It's much better than the rawhide and all that stuff. It's, it's all natural, so um, it's good for the dog too. And they're harder, so it doesn't. If any, you don't end up with splintered bone problems with a dog. You can end up with a cracked tooth problem because they're, you know, it's hard bone. It's real bone. But so I'm excited for the Fourth of July because it's my country's birthday and it's my dog's birthday. So, hey, thank you so much again for being a friend of the show. I hope you all have a wonderful night. And, uh, friends, it is really time for all of us to passionately take action. And we, the people, have a proud history uh, of doing just that. I will see you all again soon. Thank you.